Hi, it's Scott Guitar Mrs. Dangle, and you're watching and listening to Guitar Tales with my longtime friend, Dave Cohen. Take it away, Dave. Longtime friend we just met, like a week ago. Anyway, no, that's, that's my wonderful friend of, I think, 40-plus years, Scott Guitarmasist Engel. Here we are. I think this is our third show on our new platform with Restream at Noise Network Studios. We are so happy to be here on Guitar Tales, and we have a super special guest this week, Chris D'Amico, and we have so much fun stuff to talk about. And one of the last things I said before we went on the air is uh, Scott, Chris, and I were chatting is, Let's stop chatting and get it on the air because Chris is a chock full of stories after a uh, very long career that he's still in the middle of uh, in the music business. So, uh, Chris, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, Yeah, that's what people do, I think. They say that there are great friends. He's my dear friend. He has no idea who the hell he is. I I don't even know this guy. (laughs) I, I mean, he just begged me to do some show and he recorded a bumper and I don't know. Um and he, way, claims to, he claims to know you also. That, that's what a bumper is, in case people were wondering what a bumper was. I know. More than just for cars. That's right. That's right. So, you know, th- th- this is a setup, but I know that there is a story you have about music and equipment terminology, uh, I think, from your 20s. And it has to do with our, our, our giants who are doing wonderfully right now. Yes. Yes. I learned what a what a backline was the hard way. Um, when I was in my twenties, I had an original band called Mr. Blue, and uh, we were asked to do the Princeton Ski Show at Giant Stadium. And uh, I called to advance the gig with DHA, and they said that one hundred five five DHA, and they said, "Hey, we have we have the complete backline. Just bring your instruments and stuff." And I went, "Gotcha." And I hung up the phone. And I went down to rehearsal that night, and I said to everybody in the band, okay, all we have to do is bring the back line. And the drummer goes, back line? I went, back line. And he turns to the guitar player, and he goes, back line? And he goes, yeah, the back line. And we all just stood there like, until finally somebody goes, what, what, what's the back line? And everybody goes, I don't know what the back line is. Oh, that's fantastic. And I had a call up DHA with, like, pretty much, you know. Your tail between your legs. Tail between my legs. Yeah. <laughs> So, so I will admit my ignorance is so there's there, what I don't know can fill a book uh, on any topic. What the hell is a backline? A backline okay. is all the amps and uh, speaker system, P, essentially the PA system. The drum kit will be there, except for like the cymbals. Okay. The amps will all be there. The PA system, all you got to do is just bring your axis, and the rest of it is there. Um, and I would, and I never forgot it ever since. Oh, that's great. You know, uh, I'm a Scott's pharmacist by day. I'm a lawyer by day. And I did something really mean um, when I was in law school. The very first exam our entire class took, I forgot what the topic was. And you have to do something called issue spot. And um, and it's, it doesn't matter what your answer is so much as you found an issue and you talked about it. So right after all these nervous kids got out, I said, well, well, you found you, you all answered the backline question. It was all over the fact pattern, right? You guys found that, right? And I, I must have given 10 or 15 people heart attacks because I literally made up a legal term that didn't exist. And oh, it was kind yeah. of fun. Well, yeah. you do that all the time, no matter whatever it is. You know, you, I, I used to tell people when I used to work for my father, you know, my father is a contractor. When I used, okay. to, him, I used to tell people to go into the truck and get a left-handed hammer. Left-handed smoke shifter, remember yeah. that? Uh, yeah. A bothole for the bothole pin. Um, you know, right. it's the Frammel. Frammel was a good one. Go I don't know the. I knew I was a Boy Scout. We had the left-handed smoke shifter, That's and they would send kids into the woods for the campsite. You got to go pick up the left-handed smoke shifter. And there was one other one. I, I forgot what it was, but it was similar to that. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, man. That's you take advantage. Oh, we used to tell the guys when I used to work in a restaurant. We used to tell them that the owner wanted all the the, the clams from the, the dishwashers. He wanted all the clams from the di- the the dinners that night. So you have to wash out the clam shells and make sure. The owner- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, live long enough, you do enough fun stuff like that. So. Oh my God, there's so much good stuff. Uh, so this is I like we we did an unwitting segue here because. I was thinking you're probably pushing like 85, 90 right now, I would guess. Um, in actual miles, yes. 
Okay. So, so you're in your twenties, you're in a band, uh, you're playing uh, a giant stadium. Uh, so, so let's go really far back in time. Um, I know you're a piano player. First of all, prove it to us. All right. <laughs> so you're, and I know you play other instruments too. Um, but when did you first become a musician? Let's talk about that. Let's let, you know, the circumstances where that happened. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm an anomaly. I knew what I wanted to be when I was five years old. Really? Yeah. I knew I wanted to, to be at least a singer because I was always a singer. Okay. So, um, you know, I was doing competitions and stuff from when I was five and stuff like that. And, uh, what sold me completely was, uh, my father brought home the stranger by Billy Joel. What a great, I, I own, I own that album. That's a great album. In 77, he brought it home. And from the first track to the last, I was hooked. And that's when I started picking up the piano and started doing stuff like that. And, uh, from then on in, it's just, it's been a passion of mine. I bet you can't play anything from that album. I bet you. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. What do I have? Uh... Don't go changing to try to please me. Never let me down for. Don't imagine too familiar. I don't see you anymore. I would not leave you in times of trouble. Never could have come this far. I took the good times. I take the bad times. I take you just the way you are. Dude, that was not only was that fantastic. A couple of comments. First of all, that you so quickly got the, precisely the right sound out of your keyboard. Like <laughs> that was impressive. The singing was fabulous, but here's here's my favorite part. We we had Lisa Sherman on the show. Uh, are you still? Yeah, that was that was great. That was one of our uh, last shows we did in the studio um, together. Um, and she got transported when she sang, and I, and I took note of that and I commented. And she said, "Yeah, I did." And as, as did uh, um, uh, Frankie, her husband. Uh, you, when you were singing that. What I like, and it's a criticism I've made on this show, I'm a huge um, Sheryl Crow fan. When she sings First Cut is the Deepest, I don't think she's feeling the lyrics at all. I think she's just trying to sound good, right. and she does. When you sang those lyrics, those lyrics, I think, were very much in your head. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love to perform. That's what I love to do. Um, you know, And I talk to people about it all the time because, I mean – you know, maybe we're going to get into it in a little bit, but you know, sure. You know, I do the weddings and I do stuff like that. And I'm known in the wedding industry as well as the club and bar industry. There's my bar star years. There's my, you know, uh, right. wedding guy years. And we talk about it all the time is there's the, there's, they say that there's the business of doing the business. Right. And, right. And the performance part of doing the business. Right. And right. Tell everybody, well, the business of doing the business is, is almost like a performance for me. And performance, I'm all business. You know what I'm saying? And then there's Oh, people, I love that. Yeah. And, and then there's people who just like are in my industry that are are salespeople first and then DJ right. who they do second, you know. Um and my thing is I do the the sales portion of the program to perform because I love to perform. Uh, right. To get the opportunity. To right. perform, yeah, to do what you love, and I tell the clients that too. Like when I'm on a phone with a final, I say to them all the time, "I'm like, listen, this is the part of the job I hate. What right. I love to do when I'm coming to your wedding, I'm not coming to, to work. I'm coming to play. I'm coming to hang." Oh, know? I love that. Yeah, and that's really what what I burn. That's the stuff that I love to do. You know, well, I don't. 
it's not that I like to drive like, you know, 300 miles to sit down and, and, and play for a hundred bucks in front of somebody, you know what I mean? Right. But, I, but I'll do it because the vibe is great and my friends are there and we're all singing along and I'm playing, you know, it, it, it's, it's not about, yeah, it's great to be making a living doing this, you know? Um, and it's, you know, I'm blessed to be able to say I've been doing it for over 20 years. Um, <laughs> and, but the thing is, is uh, I'd say your hair is turning gray, but I don't know. Well, yeah. Well, this is from talking to all those brides all those years, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, no, but in, in all seriousness, um, you know, it, it's really what I love to do. It's it, I love to perform, and I've been loving it since I'm five. You know, and I'll continue to love it. You know, I'm not, you know, Helen Hayes said it best: "If you rest, you rust." You know, I don't play. Oh, I love that. I don't know that one either. That's great. Yeah. So, so. My observation, so I, I, I know it was right. When you hear other performers who are sort of phoning it in, can, can you really tell? I, I feel like I can, and I could be dead wrong. Can you feel it when they are not thinking about their lyrics? Sure. And I'm not going to lie. There were nights I phoned it in. Of course, there, you're human. Yeah. There, was, there, there were the nights like what I used to play, like some of the, you know, when I graduated, before I graduated from Dumps to Dives. I used to play in places and I used to look out and it used to be just the bartender and the dishwashers. Right, right, right. You know, and you just put yourself on automatic pilot, you know, and you're just sitting there and you're like, you know, bottle of red, bottle of white. You're watching the score on the game. Right, right, right. <laughs> and you can see the people do that, you know, and there's been nights of that, you know. That makes sense, yeah. But for the most part, like now I'm at the point where, you know, uh, because of the weddings, I'm always in front of at least 150 people. Yeah, so you're, you are you can't vote it in. No. And, and you don't want to because there's energy. That's a joyous event and there's happiness in that room, hopefully. Well, I tell people all the time, too, it's really not the music that I play. It's how I make them feel. Right, right. <laughs> play whatever you want to play if it's if you look out at a room you know the actual job is to take a look at the room that you've got right 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 and in that moment make a moment now when people call me up and say well what are you going to play at my wedding and stuff the actual answer is well it's a you know part of your requests which you ask for right and part of it is you know i'm going to turn those requests into like spotify off of that list and then part of it is just me being in the moment and looking at your room at the time Right, and, right. Look, if I see, you know, if I'm setting up my speakers and the bridal party's jumping up and down singing a song, you know, like, oh, pump it up, got to pump. I'm, I got a mental note. I'm like, all right, later yeah. on, I'm going to slip that in. You know, yeah. it, it's just, yeah. you got to be present. You got to be in the moment. That's what separates you. Yeah, you know, I always like to compare the music industry to my day job. And when I first meet with a new client and they say to me, what are the issues in my case? Or the heart, the, you know, the really big question: What's it worth? I just say we'll find out together. You know, you know, what, uh, what when your, things develop. What's your specialty in law, Dave? Oh, thank you for asking. Um, all I do are resident rights cases for old folks who get abused in long-term care. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, I feel wonderful about it. It's it's the only thing I've been doing that for about twenty-four and a half years now. It's 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 got to be validating when when you help people who who've been hurt. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, but but just like anything else, when somebody comes and sits in front of you for the first time, you know how to approach them. Some some of your clients need to be handheld every step of the way. Yes. Some of them are sharp as tacks and you get it and you can just skip over a lot of stuff and get to the nitty gritty. Right. That's like my rooms on a Friday or Saturday night. You know, on a Friday night, they might be coming from work and, and uh, dropping the kids off the babysitters and stopping the cleaners to get their outfits. So when they get to the, the catering facility, you know, I can't be like, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, let's have them. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. I need a few more of these. Right. Or I can deal with you, Mr. DJ. I got right. to know that room the moment I'm looking at it. But again, if everybody's ready to climb the walls, I can't be like, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the catering facility. You might have noticed I've laid pillows around the table. <laughs> we're, we're going to have a meditation session right, right now. Everybody, that's kumbaya. You know, that's no, right. it's, it, you got to be the right MC. For yeah. You got to be the right musician. You got to be the right performer for the room you're looking at that moment. So, so you have a knack for segues that are organic. So, 
So one of the things that's deeper on my crappy handwritten written there. Wait, there we go. That's all the whole outline we have for tonight. That's perfect. That's yeah, I, I don't. I really like to be organic, but you don't need um, no stinking notes. I don't. Wait, <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I don't need no stinking notes. Um, so, and I did. I am going to get rid of that. Uh, but I know you're a DJ also. Yes. Okay. And in, in you know, one of the things that I, I would imagine you're better at discussing than probably any guest we've had. And we do a, we have a DJ lined up, but uh, we have you first. So uh, I would guess that there are folks in the music world who would thumb their noses at DJs if they're musicians and say, well, what do you do? You, you just, in the old days, you'd be spinning a disc. Now you're just, you know, an MP3 or whatever the MP is. I probably got that wrong, but. Yeah, well, you're right. All right, good. That, that made me nervous for a minute. We, we use threes and fours around here. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, so, so. So first of all, um, I, mean, I know from everyone I've spoken to, playing piano is effortless, and that's clearly not an indication of any talent you have. But what about – no, I'm kidding. But, um, but in terms of you know, being a musician who will also at times be a DJ, and you kind of launched into that a few times when you were recreating the vibe of whatever uh, venue you might be at, what is the skill set – and you started for us – but what's the skill set you need – to not phone it in and do a beautiful job as a DJ? Well, most of my jobs are weddings. So I'm not the typical, let's go to a club and DJ. Okay. I am a wedding DJ by trade. Okay. Uh, I also do a hybrid. So it's a mix of both live and DJ. So um, really what I'm trying to do with my particular, because everybody's style is different. Everybody does it their own thing. I mean, it's right. just... It's the same thing with guitar players or anything. Everybody's style is different. Their tone. Their right. this and that. Um, there are DJs out there who can DJ circles around me. They okay. make they make that board sing in a way okay. that I, in a way that I can't. What now I what does that mean? What does that mean? Well, you know, to the uninitiated, because I don't know anything about okay, it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, from a guitar player standpoint, okay. Yeah. There's only so far that you can go on your instrument until you, you need to reach out and find somebody else who's a little bit better okay. at, at your instrument, okay? Um, right. uh, the way they, they play a bar chord, the way they do different things, or the way they, they, they hold a fret. Wow, I would have never thought of playing it this way or this way or this way. The inversions and stuff like that. Um, with DJing, uh, the biggest problem with the DJing, I, I have to say, is it went from... Uh, you you couldn't fake it, like you can't okay. fake, you can't fake being. Well, I mean, I I've seen people have tried, but you can't fake being a guitar player if you want to do it for a living. Okay, right, 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 right. Um, when I first started, you couldn't fake being a DJ because you had to go out and you had to get all the CD. In back when I started with CDs, okay? okay, I was still in my bar star career when I first started. wasn't spinning vinyl. Okay, so when I first started spinning it with CDs. But you had to go just like the vinyl and procure all those CDs from all over the place. Which is not a small thing. No. And literally, it would look like the monolith from 2001 full of right, CDs. Right, right, right. You'd have to drag in with you into the place with all the CDs in it. And you'd have to pick the CD out from and, and, and mix it and find out. Now, the equipment kind of mixes itself. Okay. And, and, and what happens is the equipment is supposed to be a um a help if you are professional it's supposed to help you lift your game as opposed to um a crutch are there algorithms in it uh no but pretty much like everything's in front of well first of all now you know um i'm gonna pick up a, a headphone jack but this is the size of like a thumb drive that goes into the computer and it has two terabytes of songs on it. Right, right, right. And some of it is mixed, pre-mixed already. Um, the, like I said, the software that I use uh, <laughs> makes it easy for people to DJ and, and, and sync and not have to really know how to beat mix and pretend. You know, you get some young kid who just goes out to Guitar Center with the same as cash credit card comes back. Right. Um, and because he's 20 something years old, he's better at you twit face than I am YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And when do you realize that this guy has no idea how to run a wedding the day of the wedding, because there's so yeah. much detail 
that goes on into doing a wedding more than just playing the music. The music, believe it or not, is the easy part of the wedding. Right. It's, it's the detail. You're literally a project manager from the moment you hit the catering facility to the moment you say, good night, I do christenings. From that point, you know, the beginning to end, there's there's so much going on. I'm five and six and 10 and 15 steps ahead. Um, I just had somebody come out with me this past Sunday night who, you know, wanted to learn from me. Right. And basically, she said to me, she goes, the beauty of it is, is they were going to get up no matter what you did because they trusted you right from the beginning. Okay. It's more of an attitude that you come at the audience with. You're talking to them, not at them. And, and is it, is confidence a big piece of that? Oh, because you, you're the leader. It's huge. You yeah. gotta be able. You gotta be able to be confident and comfortable on a microphone. You have right. to make people feel like, you know, one of the best compliments that I got was actually, believe it or not, earlier this year I was wrapping up a wedding, and I was giving my bride. I'm a hugger, so I gave the bride a big hug, and somebody standing next to us with like a relative or a friend turned to the both of us and said, "Do you know her for a long time?" I said, "No, no, I don't know her very well at all." He says, "Wow, you made this whole entire room feel like we were your family." Like you, that wow. you've been for years. That's really the job. And then once, yeah. you know, once you've got that kind of trust with your audience, then you can have fun and experiment and do things and play songs and try this and try that. But if you go in there, look, you know, somebody once taught me a long time ago, an audience is like dogs. They smell the fear on you. Right, right, right. Yeah. And if they know that they can get away with it, you know, they'll eat you alive. And you got to right, be, able, right. you know, like it's it's funny, but Adam Sandler was right in that movie, The Wedding. Said, I have the microphone, so I have the power. You know, <laughs> you literally, yeah. Do. And and the thing is, you know, of course it was a parody, and it overplayed everything for exaggeration effect, but it wasn't right. really too, too far removed because literally, from the moment you're on the mic, you're telling everybody in that room, "Good evening, ladies and gentlemen." At this time, we need everybody to kindly take their seats. The staff here at uh, Buster Brown Catering Facility is getting ready to take your orders, and we're just getting ready to line our couple up to bring them in. Once again, we need everybody to kindly find the way. To, you have to be that type of person right. on there. And then when you go and you play the music, you're looking for the moments. One of the moments that I love to do. Okay. Um, I have a moment at every wedding that's my piano man moment. And okay. my piano man moment usually happens after cake. They just get done cutting cake. Now nobody does the garter and bouquet thing anymore. That went out with the hula hoop. So Interesting. while I have everybody still standing up and watching them cut this cake, I have the bride and groom get in the middle of the room and I have everybody get around them in a circle. And I go, I need everybody to help me sing this next song. And, you know, I have the harmonica on and the whole bit. And I have the whole room sing Piano Man to the bride and groom. Oh, that's fantastic. And that really is. It's a lot of fun. And it happens. Yeah. But, it's, it, but it's, it's organic. I mean, I set right. the moment up almost at every wedding. But it's set up in a very organic type of way where it's not very forceful. I don't force anything. You can't force anything. It's physics. Force equals resistance. You have oh, to. Well played. Yeah. You have to, you know, make it as organic as possible. Nothing should be forced. Not even jeans over your ass. You know. So you gotta. <laughs> you got. You got a lot of good sayings. We've had a few tonight already. And I like it, that. But it's the truth because yeah. the audience feels if, it, if it's forced. Yeah, they, they could smell it, like you said, like like a dog smells fear. But it's the truth. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know what? It's just years of experience of being in front of crap. Look, I tell the 80% of my clients, believe it or not, are teachers. I don't really? know. Really? Why is that? No idea. Teachers, nurses, cops, and firemen, who I seem to gravitate towards as my mean bride and groom. Wow, that's and interesting. When I talk to them, I say to the teachers, I say, listen, what I do is no different than when you sit in front of the first year class, the first day of school. Before you even open up your mouth, you look at the class and you go, these two need to be separated. Right, right. That's my pet. That's my clown. You in the back, you got to come up. Well, how right. did you know that? You knew that by sitting in front of classroom after classroom after classroom. Yeah, and you can I know read who people. my dancers are. I know who my bar holder uppers are. I know that uncle once his ass hits a chair, it ain't getting out of that chair. I really? You can see all that. Oh, in a second. Heartbeat. But that's years and years and years in front of being in front of audiences and knowing what you're looking at. And 
you know, sometimes I go in with a Mike Tyson said it best, man. Everybody's got a plan. I go in everybody when my wedding's got a plan. Everybody's yeah. got a plan to get punched in the face. I right. don't do after you get punched in the face. Right, right. That may, yeah, I've I've heard him say that quote so many times. But that's that's the the follow up to it is I know what to do after you get punched in the yeah. face. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So uh, Scott um, has a topic. He, uh, we we have a secret little cheat sheet you and I could both look at, and Scott's yeah. typing it in. I always give him credit. Oh. Did I hear Scott's voice for a second there? Uh, the voice of God? No, no. <laughs> yeah, that is the voice of God. He's making faces at us off camera. Is that um, God? He's he's. Somewhere. <laughs> Um, so Bridezilla, uh, there, there's shows about it and it's a real thing. Um, it is. so you must have a lot of Bridezilla stories. Yeah. Yes, I do. <laughs> and, and, you know, in, in the defense of the folks we're about to hear about, um, it's a stressful day. It's an important day for them. They feel the pressure. There's an audience. They're about to, in theory, commit to someone for quite a while, if not forever, uh, doesn't always work out that way. Um, give us some stories and, and how Bridezilla conduct affects you. Okay. Um, I want to say that when I first started doing what I do, people partied harder. Okay. And, and people partied harder because they knew less than they do now. What do you okay. mean by that? Well, I'm just about to tell you. You go through, <laughs> all right. you, you go through it all the time. I know Scott goes through it all the time. It is called Dr. Google, Lawyer Google. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> um, wedding DJ Google, okay? Yeah. Uh, so sometimes, you know, when they knew less um, because there wasn't a Google, they right. would just simply call up and go, what am I supposed to do? And I would go do this, 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 and this. And they go, okay. And they'd show up and they'd have a party and they'd have a great time. But now that you have all of these websites and all of these things telling you, don't do this, do this. And the other one says, no, don't do that. Do this. Right, and right. It, it just it drives a bride crazy. In um, other words, they're getting conflicting advice from. They're, from... they're drowning in information and starving for wisdom. Ooh. That's what's going on. And, and that's, that's what's the problem is they get it's an information overload. Right. And they don't like WebMD. Yeah, pretty much. And uh, so instead of, and it makes them a nervous wreck, it just brings out all the anxiety. Right. Instead of going to somebody like you or me or Scott, who's a pharmacist, and asking a professional who's been doing it for 20 something years mm -hmm. or 30 years, you know, hey, you know, it, it's, you're going to dictate to me how your night's going to go. And I'm going to sit there and I'm going to go, all right, but you're also paying for me to give you my expertise. So yes. I have to give you my expertise. And when I give you my expertise and you tell me to promptly go where, you know, where to go and how to get there, right. I can sit there and be like, okay, you know what? Uh, but I've gotten bold in my, in my old age. I've told the clients straight out to their faces at this point. If you do it this way, the success or failure of your wedding is on you. Yes. If you do it on my way, at least I'll brunt anything that might come up and I'll bet on me and my experience over you and your, what, eight months that you've been trying to put this thing together, eight months, yep. a year, you know, to my 20 something years. That, um, the parallels that you're giving, I noticed Scott who's thinking, yeah, I, I'm not going to take me that medication. I want this one, you know, and for me. No. Yeah, how long have you practiced law in this exact field that you'll exactly? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And when you come in and tell you how the law is supposed to be run, yeah, I mean, what do you need me for you know, and it, it, it's it's been it's been getting worse. And then the thing that makes it even more worse is um, websites like Wedding Wire and the Knot and Pinterest, uh, you know, feeding the fire on top of Google. Right. There's the whole review system. Where somebody can go online and review, you know, reviews are subjective. They um, are. Yeah. You, know, you don't know what I'm doing behind the scenes because you're not supposed to. You paid me to. Now, knock on for Micah. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I have one of the better reputations in the business. I get phenomenal reviews and stuff like that. But for a while, because I was afraid, I was playing 
to not get the bad review. I was, oh, right, right. Yeah. I, was, I, I was playing on defense more than yeah. I was playing on offense, where every right. one of my choices was more um, calculated um, than – and what they, they do is they tie my hands. And I had a bride um, in 2020, believe it or not. Okay. The only weddings that went off that year. Right. Um, she was just miserable from the get. She called me in July, you know, and at that point I hadn't done a wedding in four months. Right, right, right. We were shut down. And she called me in July when things were still just starting to open up again and stuff. And we were starting to do events, but like, you know, under restriction. Uh, and she called and I answered the phone like D'Amico Entertainment. She goes, you're still open. This is like the, her first call to you. This was the first thing out of her mouth. Wow. No, we had her booked for September. Oh, and all right. Yeah. First words yeah. out of her mouth are, you still open? And I'm like, yes, we are. And who am I speaking with? <laughs> right, right, right. And she said, beep, you know, her name. And, uh, you know. What was her name? We're still, <laughs> you know, we're still getting married and blah, 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 blah. Long story short, she drove every one of her vendors absolutely crazy. I wasn't supposed to do her wedding personally. And uh, I had another MC, one of my other MCs doing her wedding right. person. Gotcha. I was off that night. And I literally showed up and did her ceremony. I did her cocktail hour live. Um, I stayed through introductions. And she still was miserable. Really? Uh, yeah. It, it just, it, it, she just attacked my, my staff. But I come to, she doesn't realize that all the vendors, we all talk to each other. Right. She attacked the photographer, like verbally attacked the photographer, attacked her florist, attacked her uh, and made her D the, you know, the catering manager The she was just miserable down the line. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, now, is she still married? I have, no idea. I have no idea. Um, you know, but if there was ever, you know, anything that had to get married in that horrible year, it had to be that horrible person. Wow. Um, that was, in fact, in my company, her name is the one that we associate with. And in 25 years of doing this, that was the worst bride I had ever had. Um, wow. And, you know, I've had some fun, not bridezilla stories, but some whacked out, you know, tales of, you know, bride, brides getting hot, brides, uh, you know, Tying napkins around their leg instead of a a, a garter belt. Um, just I've I've had one day I will write a book when I retire, um, because I've got a lot of stuff that you know I'm still in the industry, so I still got to be kind of incognito. Um, but some of the things that that some of the brides hold very important mean that big in the overall big picture of a day. I know, I know. And yeah, and I wonder if if they are dramatically different in their non-wedding life from that, or if it if it's just that personality. If you know, no, you were you were right. You were you were on. Look, there's a lot of money being spent. Yeah, and not only are you getting opinions from like you know Doctor Google and and all these yeah, other, yeah. but you're getting your parents in your ear. Yep. I'm paying all this money. I expect to have. Well, yeah, yeah, you got that. And then you've also yeah. got, you know, well, why aren't you doing this? Because traditions have changed in the 25 yeah. years since yeah. you got married. You know what I mean? Like nobody's doing it. I got people who aren't just garter and bouquet is gone. That that whole like, let's throw the bouquet. Let's do the garter. Thing. All right. That's, they don't do that. That's that's almost all gone. Okay. Um, a formal cake cut is starting to leave now. Interesting. We're like, we're not stopping the wedding and we, the whole the bride cuts the cake. That's gone. But playing a song and just, you know, ladies and gentlemen, let's have a nice round of applause for our bride feeding our groom. That's leaving. They're, they're opting for like a private cake cut now off to the side. Like, Interesting. Yeah. Um, some of the other traditions that have changed. Um, we're not doing first and last names for um, bridal party, just for parents and the bride and groom. We're just using first names. Or wow. we're just doing, ladies and gentlemen, your bridal party and the bridal party all comes in at once. Right. Um, how, does, how does Instagram and all the other new platforms how do, how do they 
integrate themselves into weddings? Like, does that do you have, play any role in that, or just do people do it on their own? The pro, again, like just like Google, Instagram, and Facebook, and Snapchat, and TikTok, right. make, make it all stressful for my bride. Look, yeah, you, just like you, uh, if, you know, if you want to come and see my pictures for my wedding. You have to come to my house. I have to blow the dust off the album, and I have to show you the album. Right, but right. Now, nowadays, the bride don't even have her underwear on, and it's on, like, Instagram. You know what I'm saying? Right, it's yeah. On you know, Facebook, instantly on Instagram. You know, uh, bride getting dressed, you know, and it's on TikTok. It's an immediate, you know, uh, it's instant gratification. I don't want to say gratification in this case, but it's just an instant out there. Yeah, yeah. there's there been more pressure to look great immediately because remember once it's out there it's out there forever that's true and, and not only is there more pressure to look great immediately but even separate from the world of weddings there's so much more pressure to look great generally yeah you know just no, no lie i mean even even this this show you have your yeah. graphics you have your stuff yeah. you know um but we're, we're on these mics we're on this stuff like that yeah. Because we want a polished presentation. Right. And the good news for us is that with faces like these, you and I could carry the show, you know, no matter what the technological issues are. I got it right now. I got it. <laughs> oh, Scott, that was mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's mean, too. It's mean to both of us. Just um, pan backwards. <laughs> what I'm getting now, though, I have yeah. to say, um, yeah. my, uh, I'm getting to a point now where a lot of my clients – are now like, look, here's a couple of requests. Here's where Instagram has helped. Okay. I've created reels of almost every one of my weddings now where they can oh. see, here's what a cocktail hour looks like. And I call it rocktail hour because we have acoustic guitar and a saxophone oh, player. Cool. And, Very cool. Know, we're doing all sorts of fun stuff, you know, uh, like you would hear at a pub. Okay. Yeah. And then we're going in and I'm mixing it up from, you know, run around Sue to Mr. Brightside to Frank Sinatra okay. to, you know, welcome to the black parade for crying out loud, you know? So the wedding music is going all over the place and they could see how from A to Z I'm entertaining a crowd right then and there. So now when I get clients because of Instagram, because of the reels, because they can see what I do throughout the course of a night in a little five minute snippet. More video, trust. It's yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. you want to hear these songs. Well, and then there's the reviews, the review sequence. The catering facilities that recommend me say, this is, you know, the guy to use. And then yeah. the reels that they look at are like, wow. And we're filming them with a cell phone. And people are like, it sounds this good with a cell phone. What's it going to sound, you know, in real yeah. life? Yeah, yeah. So they're like, here's a can full of requests and you just do you. Yeah. And I, my parties have been going off the chain ever since they've been doing that with me. That's fantastic. By the way, I have a random request. Can we hear a few bars of Run Around Sue? It's such a great <laughs> song. He's got that song in my head. Here's my story, it's sad but true, about a girl that I once knew, she took my love and ran around, bitch, no, with every single <laughs> guy in town, hey, hey, whoa, 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 whoa. This girl, even with a broken heart, this is people what I'm telling you. I keep away from her on around soon. She likes to travel around, she loves it, she puts you down. People love to ask you why. She goes out with other guys, it's the moral of the story from the guy who knows. Tell the love of my love still grows now. Asking a fool, does she ever do? I keep away from her own around soon. Thank you. Thank you. you. You gave me an itch to hear that song, and I, and I wanted to hear a little Jerry Lee Lewis style piano, and you just threw it in there, which was excellent. It's fun. That's a cool tune. That's got to be a, a 60, 70-year-old tune by now, right? It is. Yeah, it's about, it's about 50, 60 years old. It still goes over. That's yeah. the other too. I'm actually starting to watch it now where things are starting to be like, mm, I'm, it's getting too old. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Play. It's getting too old to bring in now, um, and it's you know when you do this long enough, you know the other thing too is like I'm starting to become the bride's parents' age now. Yeah, you are. And yeah. uh, you know what? Which is actually really cool because I'm you know old enough to know what they want to hear. Right. And I'm still young enough to kill, still keep my finger on the pulse of what's going on out there. So right. I kind of, you, know, you know, no, it is. It's a good place to be. I got a funny one earlier this week. I was in a department store buying a couple of shirts, actually buying this shirt among others on the PA was joined together by the who. Yeah. Ew. And I thought, Oh, I'm old <laughs> Like to hear the who is like an oldies song in a shopping center. That, that was a little depressing. There is a Facebook video live of me out there in, on my Facebook page somewhere where I'm walking through Costco. Right. And they're playing Back in Black. Oh. And, I'm, and all I hear is, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. Oh. I, uh, I've heard Fly by Night by Rush. Oh. Walmart. And I'm like. <laughs> oh, that's so sad. You don't want to hear it there. It, no. It, it's so bad. Crazy oh, train and shop, right? Oh, oh, that's not good. Oh, that's wait, not good at all. My, my, uh, I, I go to an acupuncturist and okay. like this Sono system with like Muzak, right? And we have the Muzak versions of like songs like that. Oh no, like, you know, like like it's got like of course you know with the acupuncture, it's all like the spiritual stuff. She's got yeah, yeah. this and she just and you yeah. just you know like you know. I'm going off the rails on a crazy train. You know, like, like, <laughs> the guitar. Oh, my God. You're, you're going, I know this. How do I know this? Because it's just so left field out of character. I know. It, it, so I, I, I saw Ringo in Atlantic City about three weeks ago. The degree of uh, the percentage of geriatrics in the crowd, it, it wasn't just regular old. Um, it was. I, I couldn't get to my seat because there was a woman with a four-pronged walker in front of me, and it wasn't because of a disability. It, it was just there were just too many centuries on her limbs, you know, like probably like ninety-ish years old, oh, and and it was you know, my it was it. And it you go to a metal show like you know like a Bon Jovi or something like that. Right. And fifty plus sixty something year old women that used to go see them in the eighties are still yeah. are trying to do their hair up and put on the clothes like from back then again. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there's this. I know. I know. I see, know. I got to do my hair. I know. Me too. So <laughs> I just mentioned to someone recently. I was driving. I was driving to my fortieth high school reunion last week, and it was the weather was nice, so I rolled down the windows. And out of muscle memory, I closed the window so it wouldn't mess up my hair. And then I caught myself. I, you know, I'm just so used to that. If I'm going somewhere and I'm like dressed relatively nicely, you know, in the old days, you would close up your window so you'd still look nice. And and I kind of caught myself and laughed at myself by myself. So so you, I'll give yeah. you another one. Be careful. Yeah. Because it's yeah. gonna happen to you. It happened to me. Okay. When you're looking for the street that you have to turn on. Right. You're gonna lower the radio. Oh, I do it already. I so do you, it already. You can see the streets yep. better. <laughs> oh, you absolutely can. Yeah, I could hear. I could. I could see better. I could think better. Yeah, and my kids don't get it. I'll be in the car with them. You know, I'll just. We got to lower the music, and they they don't understand. But our uh, our brains are just so full, we can't process music and think at the same time. Did you ever come home from work one night, and then like in the next day, go out in the car, and the music's this loud? Yeah. You're or like, or I'm not that same person I was last night. Like, no, no. It, or when you disconnect your cell phone if you've got uh, Bluetooth and the radio, what, what whatever output the radio has is more than your cell phone. You know, if I'm playing music, same thing happens. <laughs> and then you do this. What did I? Did you guys see my cell phone? Yeah. <laughs> That's Oh yeah, or, or Scott. Scott's pointing yeah. out the jerk yeah. that he is. So I, I I set up for our show two hours early, and then I came back at six. We started taping at about six thirty, and my laptop was dead, and I couldn't figure out why I'm I'm jiggering around with the power cord. Oh, it must have been loose, still not turning on. It's because the light switch over there was turned off that controls the plug. 
which is a post 50 something event to been occur there, in there done that got yeah. the t-shirt and the foam finger yeah yeah it's, you want to hear another billy joel song i do we scott said he doesn't because he hates the way you play but i want to hear it She's got a way about her. Don't know what it is. But I know that I can't live without her. She's got a way pleasing. Don't know why it is. But there doesn't have to be a reason in a way. She's got a smile that heals me. Don't know why it is, but I have to laugh when she reveals me. She's got a way of talking. Don't know what it is, but it lifts me up when we are walking anywhere. When I'm feeling down, inspires me. Without a sound, she touches me. And I get turned around. She's got a way to show. Oh, how I make her feel. And I find the strength to keep on going. And she's got a light around her. Oh, and everywhere she goes, a million dreams of love surround her everywhere. She comes to me when I'm feeling down, inspires me. Without a sound, she touches me. I get turned around. Oh, oh, oh. She's got a smile that heals me. Don't know why it is, but I have to laugh when she reveals me. And she's got a way about her. Don't know what it is, but I know that I can't live without her anyway. Dude, so I could count on one hand the number of times I've gotten goosebumps uh, during this show, and and I think you brought me to five now. That was fabulous, Thank absolutely you. fabulous. Yeah, that I, I I'm thinking of the shows right off the top of my head. Nixon's head did it. Uh, Matt and Aaron O'Ree did it. Lisa Sherman did it, and there's probably one or two others I'm missing, but that's it. Out of four, almost four years of shows, um, so thank you. That, that was beautiful. Thank so you, thank you. Scott's reminding me, um, and we do have it on my ripped up list here. Uh, yeah. you, have, you have an original tune you just uh, recorded down in Nashville. I don't know if you just did, but you recorded it down in Nashville. I did it in Nashville right before the world went sideways. <laughs> right. Okay. And, you, um, and literally, right before the world went, literally right before the world went sideways. Right, so this would have been February or early March of 2000 or so. Yeah. This is it. Um, this was the single most amazing experience of my life. Wow. And I, and I know, yeah, there's a bat, there's a, 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 a sad and then a heartwarming and an up and a hopeful backstory to this. Uh, yeah, about seven yeah. years ago, well, over seven years ago now at this point, my son Christopher uh, passed away in a boating accident on Lake Apacon. And this was the song I wrote for him. And uh, this was played for John McBride, who's Martina McBride's husband. He owns Blackbird Studios out in Nashville. Wow. And he said, come on out, you know, Let's record this. And he uh, set up some of the greatest session guys that I've ever heard in my entire life. Um, wow. One of the 
uh, has played on. If you looked, I'm trying to remember uh, his last name because it escapes me because that's a 50 something year old thing too. Um, yeah. And uh, but he played on all sorts of sessions for all sorts of musicians. If you look, uh, uh, if you look him up, I gotta I gotta get you his name. Uh, his name is Tommy. Uh, but he, you know, people. Uh, like follow him, like guitar players follow him because he's just a master at his tone and, and wow. plays and everything. And he basically ran the session and they played this live. Like I, I sent them a little demo of just like, uh, like, you know, basically block, blocking the chord. No matter where you are, my love will find you. All the miles between us, my love will find you. You know, and I sent them a little thing like that. That's a beautiful, that's beautiful what you just played. But go on. And he listened to it, you know, I just gave him a simple block corded demo yeah. and he, you know, did a little shorthand. They copied it and they handed it out to all the musicians. And I went in the studio, uh, the vocal booth to put, you know, like a reference down on it. Yeah. And literally what you hear, um, is what I heard back right away. Tom Bukovic. Oh, wow. That's who played. Between us, my love will find you. This is what I heard through the speakers immediately. Wow. It wasn't like, you know, uh, oh, we got to work this. We got to that. I put on the headphones and a finished record came back at me. Wow. And I sang it right on top. And then John McBride, um, you got a guy there that's produced multi-million, you know, copy records and, and you know, of course, for his wife alone and, and all this yeah. other stuff. Um, you know, as a musician, at least, you know, as a musician, there's always some ego involved. Right. Uh, uh, and you want to feel validated. And right. eventually, you know, when you do all of these weddings and you do the things that I've I've done... You know, people come up to you at the end of the night and they're like, oh, you're so great. And but these are the people that tell them that their cousin sounds great and send them on American Idol, you know? Right, 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 right. And, you know, somebody was videotaping um, outside of the vocal booth next to John McBride. And John McBride goes, man, this kid's got a voice. Oh, my God. And and he goes, man, this kid could sing the phone book. He goes, all right. And And then on the same video, he goes, all right, let's do a double which is literally singing the same thing so you could thicken the, the vocal. Okay, right, right. And he said, you know, as he's going, he goes, damn, he's nailing the double. Perfect. He goes, I, the only other person I heard do this like this is my wife. And he's saying this in the studio to the engineer, not knowing he's being captured on video. And when I heard that back, wow, it, it, you know something? I always wanted to be the next Billy Joel. Yeah, and you know how that goes. You you, you get right. so far, and and but look, I'm blessed to be a musician for a living. I know, yeah, I never reached that brass ring that I always wanted to reach. You know, and to hear people who are like in the industry and, and at that level, at that level, yeah, give you give you a compliment. It kind of just makes it it makes it feel like you're still, you know. And the thing is, is you know, I also now I. Have, kind of reinventing myself as a professional speaker. Um, okay. Motivational speaker. Um, I've spoken at all the DJ conventions about, you know, since my son passed away. Yeah, and it's Kindness for Christopher right. is your organization. Yeah, we started a movement called Kindness for Christopher, which literally is what it says. We don't want any money. We just want you on the, because tw- he died June 24th, 2015. We just want you on the 24th of every month, do one random act of kindness for somebody out there. Um, you hold the door, smile, tell them they look good that day, or buy them their coffee. You can do monetary, but right. it's not monetary for us. You know, it's monetary for someone else. That's um, beautiful. But from this, you know, this tragedy, um, I've learned about how to deal with grief, how to talk to people, um, you know, about how to push forward. Because, you know, we were talking about earlier, um, how do yeah. you not own it in? Okay, uh, I didn't miss a gig after my son died. My son died on a Wednesday. And I was back gigging Friday and Saturday, and then I was at his funeral Saturday, uh, Sunday and Monday, and for and then back to work again because it was Fourth of July on that Thursday, and that was the day I learned. Other than being a piano player and a singer and an MC, I learned that I was an actor too. 
Um, right. And, yeah. But when I speak, I speak about like, you know, pushing yourself forward. What are, you know, goals, dreams, aspirations. Um, you know, I just turned 52 this year. So my thing is I'm going to try to reinvent myself as this, but later on this year, um, you know, we just finished a video. I'm going to go out and try to do a band that does all municipal shows. We're calling ourselves, we're doing yacht rock and corporate rock and we're calling ourselves suit and my tie. Oh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. So, you know, all the yacht and corporate rock songs, you know, arena rock as it were, yeah. you know, uh, Boston foreigner sticks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, Pat Benatarka's, you know, um, and yacht rock, steely Dan, uh, what a fool believes. Um, I got my buddy Ron Ossie in the band. I got uh, this girl, Lauren Gibbs, who's fantastic. Chris O'Hara plays drums. Mike Mano, who's an amazing guitar player, is a beast. And Sean Seymour plays bass. It is probably one of the best musical bands I've ever been in. It is probably one of the best vocal bands I've been in. Um, all of me, Lauren, and Ron are tremendous singers. Um, usually when you're in a singing band, there's always like Crosby, Stills, and Irving. No, there's, <laughs> there's not Irving in this band. Everybody in this band can sing and everybody wow. in this band can play. And it just, you know, I'm just trying to show you that, like, you can still do things. In, in, yeah. in industry. You know, even though you're getting older, you know, I'm playing some of the best music now. And we're probably going to do, like, you know, those shows in the park where you bring your lawn chair and you come and see the band. Which is still beautiful. Well, look, Scott and I created this show together. We were both a little past 50. We were both in our exactly. mid-50s, actually. Um, and yeah, and, and as long as you have a passion for, for living, you could still do beautiful things and, um, and emote beauty, you know? Amen. I mean, yeah. look, I've seen from the kindness for Christopher movement, you know, um, we've just facilitated a page and just told everybody to keep doing a random act of kindness. Right. And I've seen people, what people have done for other people. Just facilitating a page, you know, we're not telling, yeah. people, we're not pushing people into doing anything. You know, a ten-year-old boy changed the world. You know, right? Like, yeah. And there's there's people doing kind acts around the world. You have to see from from uh, a rock saying kindness for Christopher, do something kind, sitting on the Great Wall of China. Wow. Um, you know, writing "Be kind" in Hawaii for his name. You know what I mean? around the world it turned into a global movement so you know we can we can do anything we want as long as we just keep focused and keep moving forward and like rocky yeah. said right yeah that's like <laughs> yo adrian <Hey. laughs> yeah i ain't never been scared before you know i didn't ask you not to be a woman <laughs> <laughs> don't, ask, don't ask me not to be a man <laughs> I, <laughs> we could cook for hours i know oh, you're I, yeah thing. You this know. is this, this you you're a beautiful human being i'll say it i i really appreciate having you on the show man thank you. and i appreciate you having me on the show thank you very much you and scott for uh for suggesting i even come here because i i don't play guitar i play piano <laughs> we'll bend the rules now and then especially for a good guy so fabulous having you and i want to thank all of our friends at guitar tales a uh, special shout out to not just our publicist but now our producer and director Scott Guitarmasist Engel, who all this cool stuff you see on the screen here and all of the great promotion and taking the show and putting us on all the different platforms, including audio-only platforms. So if you're on a long drive, uh, you could hear the soft tones of David Cohen's voice and our wonderful guests. Uh, stay tuned for more great shows uh, being broadcast from Noise Network Studios. Have a great night. Signing off now. Hi, this is Dave Cohen, host of Guitar Tales, and Scott Guitarmas' Angle. 
So we put together this show every week for you guys, or at least every other week. We want you to do two things for us, which would be good for everyone. If you could subscribe on our YouTube channel, that would be great. And, and share. Please share the videos around with your friends. Let them know Guitar Tales is out there. Uh, it's not just about guitar players. We have a lot to offer. Thank you. Promotional consideration by Mischief Studios in Pennington, New Jersey.